0: unplanned unrehearsed what up dog so, no I'm, uh, I would just uh texted you because I, th- I realized on this invite I fucked up the day I'm sorry I was one well, hoping it was still was worked okay and it's oh, no crazy. I didn't I didn't even notice that I got the email and I've just been sitting on it sweet dude what up man I'm good how are you sorry doing
1: good doing good enjoying a little cooler weather it's like uh it's actually people probably are like why does this motherfucker talk about the weather every single time, that, you know time. Like, yeah. that is not fucking banal conversation to me man like i'm still super excited about the fact that it's not like 98 degrees all the time outside here so this is real shit
0: are you enjoying yourself in the nation's capital
1: i am man uh we live <laughs> we we uh live close to kaiser permanente the their like home base or whatever and somebody called in a bomb threat yesterday so like okay. the whole street was shut down and it was interesting like uh welcome to big city living i guess well speaking of bomb threats oh shit who are we talking to today we're talking to the bomb.com today We're talking to some up and coming bad motherfuckers from Texas on our homies, Desert Wastelands
0: Records is a band called Tribal Gaze. And let's get McKenna Holland's fine ass in the waiting
2: room.
0: There we go. Billy.
2: There he is. There he is. What up, dog? Hey, how's it going, man? going good man how oh, are you i'm pretty good uh sorry my dog's fucking barking right now uh no but... worries man it is
1: uh i i do i hear an east texas drawl in your voice there? yes
2: you, yes you do i'm uh i fucking grew up in mineola texas and like east texas area so that's yeah uh, i definitely built that in <laughs>
1: i i I'm, I'm from El Dorado, Arkansas, which is oh, okay. uh, not too from Texarkana, and so I have spent a lot of time in that area and got a got an ear for it, man. It's good yeah. to hear. Oh, yeah. It, so I'm, I'm the guy fun. who's been talking to you online. I'm Shuler from Death Metal Radio, and I got Zach with me from uh, Death Comes Lifting today.
0: Oh, Hello. yeah. I'm in Pittsburgh, what? and I have no idea what you motherfuckers are talking about. about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to talking to you anyway, brother.
2: Hell yeah, I'm excited, man. Quentin, oh, uh, he should be here pretty soon. He, uh, we, uh, so before we started, I, we thought it was like at three. We just saw the email saying it's at three, but it is actually two our time. Yeah, so we're yeah, like, I was like on my way to the gym, and then, uh, he texted me, like, hey, you ready to do this at two? I was like, wait, what? And, uh, so I went there, did some shit real quick, and then raced back up to, uh, I uh, say an apartment complex. So luckily the gym was just like right downstairs. Well, so uh, I'm a little like geeked up from like espresso and like working out. <laughs>
0: That's the way we want it on this podcast, man. Thank, Hell yeah. <laughs> thank you
2: for getting your workout in
0: to it in, in time. Thank <laughs> you for not skipping the gym today, sir. That's I mean, I thought
2: about I thought about just uh, joining while I was working out and just like letting y'all watch me fucking lift that shit, would, but
1: <laughs> that would be like the ultimate lifts and riffs episode.
2: Um, Damn, I mean, it's not too to late. That.
0: I can go out there right now. <laughs>
2: You're invited, the interactive, really the true,
1: work. the true interactive experience. That's what we need to start doing is like, yeah. get an in person thing. And so, like, when bands are on tour or whatever, we all get together and everybody works out and we just film the thing and like shoot the
2: shit during the course of that conversation. Yeah. That would be fun. Uh, would be hell yeah. Fun. Yeah. y'all would just be hearing a bunch of fucking heavy breathing and shit <laughs> if you wouldn't get shit out of me i'd be like fucking <laughs> right yeah exactly unable to
1: talk the entire time mm-hmm. well we uh before we get on we 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 usually talk a little bit about the the bands who we're going to be talking to but we didn't we didn't get together on this call the dates too long before we got you on Mm-hmm. um but we are super stoked to be talking to you today super stoked to be talking to quentin if he makes it as well um tribal gaze fucking rules man uh can thank you man tell us, tell us a little bit about the history of the band um have you guys been in bands before this like one of the things that struck me the most about this release is that it is you guys first release um but it sounds very developed um there is a, you guys like have a groove you have a sound and it sounds like a group of guys who have been playing together for a really long time. And I think that that's a rare thing to see with a band on their first release. So let's hear a little bit about you guys' history.
2: Uh, So uh, me personally, like as far as like old bands, I used to be in a band in like 2013. Uh, it was just me and a couple buddies, like not them, just a few buddies from East Texas. We were just like we weren't really really we're just we just want to be a band so we're just like i remember we went to the studio we just came up with everything like on the spot like we didn't write shit it was just like a fuck around thing and uh as far as the other members um quinn and ian they were in a band a few years ago called mantra which is like more of a it's like heavy metal slash death metal kind of it wasn't exactly straight death metal, but they had like they they still got I think I'm pretty sure they still got music up on Bandcamp. It's badass. Oh sweet! And uh, Zach, he uh, our bassist, they're they're also in a band a long ass time ago. Uh, just whenever they start first started like playing instruments and stuff, they just wanted to make music. And that was like over like ten years ago. Just like people being like you know just first band kind of shit and. Uh, <laughs> Our drummer, he's, he drums in combat, too. And I found him, actually, through, like, hashtags because we were just drummer. At the time, it was about, I don't know how, about, like, six months ago or so. And yeah. uh, just came across him. He was, like, the best fucking drummer we've, like, seen. And we, like, he was just in, like, Denton, Texas. They said, like, Denton drummer. Like, I just came across some hashtag, found him. I was like, oh, fuck, we need to, like, get this guy and uh, started drumming drummer for us. And that's how, that's how we started, like, actually being able to practice and shit. But we first really started uh, during the pandemic, actually. Because I, uh, I was working, like, in the oil field and shit. And uh, I got laid off from COVID. And then uh, they hit me up, was like, hey, you want to do vocals? And I used to do vocals, like, forever ago for, like, that bullshit band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then uh, – Just came over to Ian's house one time and fucking did vocals in his closet.
0: And then that's that's
2: how we started writing shit. And that's how, uh, I mean, that's pretty much how Godless Boys happened, was just me going over to their house and just, we're all writing shit and hanging out. So were you guys
1: spread out over a different, different parts of Texas, different parts of East Texas? Or do you guys all live like pretty close to each other or what? You mentioned your drummers in Denton and I'm not sure how far you are from there.
2: Uh, Denton is about is like pretty close to dallas i live in yeah, dallas yeah. Um, yeah. zach our bassist, lives in mckinney which is also around dallas and quentin and ian they live in uh longview texas mm-hmm. east texas so it's not like too too bad but i mean it's still like it's kind of hard you know trying to get everyone on a safe schedule and also meet up at times and shit you know
1: yeah Um, yeah i can i can imagine man uh because it's a lot of it's a lot of ground to cover i oh for sure we can barely
0: make this fucking podcast work bro we understand
1: (laughs) (laughs) some of the uh most formative shows i think that i have ever seen i saw in dallas um i saw i went to Ozfest in 1999 and it was i think it was called the starplex amphitheater at that time and then it uh changed the smirnoff amphitheater um is that still there that you know of
2: uh i mean maybe there's always uh the venue it seems like the venue names are always being changed so exactly. I, I might be thinking of the same place but it might be called like like gexa pavilion it might be somewhere completely different i don't know there's right. always like so many different venues out here and oh, uh, he
1: changing hands yeah but mm-hmm. like dallas w- where i grew up like little rock was about two hours north from us but it didn't get near as much shit as dallas did and dallas is like four and a half hours away down i-20 mm-hmm. um, so we would i saw Ozfest there twice i saw um heaven and hell which was black sabbath with fucking singing for them and megadeth and machine head at the nokia theater that fucking that was awesome
2: yeah that's sick um,
1: and of all the bands that really fucking blew me away, like this was back in 2001 or 2002. We went to, I want to say it was the, the uh, Canyon Club or the fucking Bronco Bowl or, or something like, I can't remember mm. the exact but it was smaller. And um, we were supposed to see Killswitch Engage, and it was right after their singer quit. But Shadows oh. was there, and the band that ended up being there that blew us the fuck away, I shit you not, was Kitty. And, like, I don't think a lot of people are even familiar with Kitty at this point, but, like, that shit was, they were heavy as fuck, man. Um, Damn. Very, very surprising. And that, it, it's interesting. I, I say all that to say that growing up in that area and being from that area, you guys are probably part of a, a big, like, tradition of, of live music coming through, being made there, also mm-hmm. with other bands coming through there um do you think that maybe that's that did that play a role in you getting into this kind of music being exposed to it like that or or did you find it another way or what
2: um yeah i feel like like the live music and shit around here definitely like played a part because uh i mean there's like always fucking shows going on like everywhere in texas and uh like even in east texas when i was growing up there are shows in tyler texas and shit there's like its own little like scene kind of and uh that's kind of how i got super into like just like heavy music in general like before I found out about shows and shit I was just I just knew about bands like like I was always listening to like Slipknot, yeah and uh just like fucking Metallica and like Slayer just shit like that and uh after I went to like some little show I'd like it was a bunch of like like deathcore bands and shit like that and like it was like a mix of like deathcore metalcore hardcore and I was like 12 years old at the time That's whenever I got into, like, I just got super into, like, just more extreme kind of music, like deathcore and shit like that. Yeah. And then uh, since then, I've just been kind of progressing, like, as I grow up, listen to all kinds of different shit.
1: Yeah. uh, The the, the deathcore thing, like, I I feel like has really taken a lot of shit over the last few years. And I I think mm -hmm. that scene kind of got saturated. um, For sure. but at the same time, like I feel like for a lot of younger dudes, that was kind of their exposure to death metal for the first time. You know, it was oh like, yeah, because it's a little bit more commercially viable, and mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the deathcore dudes are a little bit prettier than some of the death metal dudes. <laughs> Right. So like they you know they have more eyes on them and yeah I, I i feel like we're at a point now where that's kind of being reevaluated. where some of the people who were like fuck deathcore are kind of looking at it and being like yeah there's some shit here that's worth recovering mm-hmm. and that's exciting sure. to me um yeah. because i mm-hmm. do think that there's there's fun that you can do with elements of that music that we we see in bands like tribal gaze that we see in frozen soul that we see in mm-hmm. gate creeper it's not necessarily it's not deathcore right but it is pulling from that. It does have that hardcore spirit sort of mixed with death metal. Right. A lot of the same kind of movements in the songs. And like that to me, when you hear the term deathcore, that to me is more what
2: I think about. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Especially like 2000, it was like 2008, 2009. That's like whenever deathcore was like huge. Yeah. And that's yeah. like what, like when I found that out, that's what got me into like all the extreme music. Like I remember hearing, uh, it, the suicide silence the cleansing album like yeah. the first album that like was my favorite shit back like i could not stop listening to that and uh like that's what kind of like got me into like just like crazy extreme yeah. like music like that so it's kind of like that
1: that record is heavy as fuck man Like oh, yeah it's, even if it's yeah, not sure. your style at this point like how jaded do you have to be, listen to that record and be like this is weak you know what i mean like that's exactly heavy as hell. yeah that and then I like
2: i was 12 years old hearing that like dude yeah. like what's going on this shit and, and i still look at suicide listen to that, like, silence mm-hmm.
1: motherfuckers talk shit about suicide silence and you know i i'm not gonna sit here and stick up for him too much because I, I you know i like some of their stuff some of their stuff i'm not too into but like those motherfuckers had like a massive audience and they got frank from suffocation singing on one of their records they got George Corpse Grinder from fucking Cannibal Corpse singing yeah. on their records. So, like, it's really cool for a band like that to sort of bring in these legends and, and expose a whole new generation of kids who, you know, sure. bought, a, bought a CD or a record or whatever because it was popular. And then you hear this fucking, you know,
0: Frank Mullen screaming his balls off on one of these songs. And you're like, yeah, like, I appreciate- that shit fucking rips. I appreciate them now, but I will admit to both of you here because we're friends that I was that asshole when I was a kid that thought Deathcore sucked and I only <laughs> had, and I only liked death metal, so I hated Suicide Silence for like I was right. Like, I got you. I was one of those, but I, I'm I was wrong. I'll admit it. I've oh, a person. But I love white about that
1: we've talked about that before on the on the show i think that a lot of times it it comes off as elitism and i think that sometimes it is embraced as elitism but one of the things that i try and keep in mind when i come across especially younger guys who are really like anti-death core or anti-progressive elements in death metal or whatever is that it's not necessarily always coming from a place of superiority but from a place that kind of wants to preserve this thing that they feel like is theirs right like one of the things that I love about death metal and that I love about underground heavy music is that there is this ownership to it that we that we feel, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not something that you can just go to Walmart and buy. It's not necessarily right. something that you can just turn on the TV and see, right? A lot of times we have these really cool, really interesting stories about how we found this music and because you, you get in touch with it in that way, it becomes a part of you in a way that you want to protect, right? And so I understand that need to sort of you know, hold the stuff that you don't necessarily endorse at arm's length, especially when you're younger. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it is, it always is cool to see people sort of come out of that and to start exploring other things. Um, but at the same time, it is, it's understandable to look back on and kind of be
2: like, well, you know, I was there too at one point for sure. And I like that was a good, uh, like starting point with me, uh, just that kind of music. Cause then it, it kind of, I started just getting into like everything like, from going to shows, I, I remember uh, I just wanted to go to any show possible. And that's how I started getting more into, like, hardcore, too. Like, I started to yeah. find out there's a bunch of – like, the hardcore scene in Dallas was super sick. Yeah. And I remember uh, a few years later after that, I went and saw a power trip play at a place called 1919 in Fort Worth, and it was just, like, the small-ass room. They were playing with, like, a bunch of other bands. They were playing, like, with Downpressor. uh think like human error played like Mm -hmm. vulgar display it was like that was that look like kind of drove me like all right i want to start going to more of these shows and uh just shit like that and so it was like just badass how like all the different like genres are playing throughout texas so you could just be exposed to all kinds of different kind of music you know yeah you can
1: Mm -hmm. and you can see that shared dna at live shows now Mm -hmm. one of the things that i was doing to get ready for this podcast is I, i went back and watched you guys set from the wrecking ball thing um god damn what a show man
2: yeah that was uh that was a lot of fucking fun like after that we were all like all right dude we're ready to jump on any like showcase like at all, we just want to play yeah. shows like we were like just it being our first show we were kind of nervous about it obviously just because it's our first show and shit and we knew there's going to be a good turnout but as soon as we started playing we we're just like okay this is like this is fun as fuck <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You see, you see a whole lot
1: of like there's there's definitely a death metal vibe there, but in the audience you see a lot of that hardcore vibe, right? Mm. Yeah, I can only imagine what it would have been like to be there because of course the energy's gonna be up. Everybody's been fucking cooped up for the last, you know, Rock. fifteen months or whatever. And that was I didn't realize that was you guys' first ever show. But now that I'm oh, sitting yeah. here, of course it makes sense. You got together during the pandemic. So um that whole Hell festival, of the first show, my man.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, that whole festival though, like, like every band was, they killed it. Like that was a like, that's going to be like in the history books, man. Like there's people talking yeah. about that while I was like taking a shit in the bathroom, but there's people like like dude, this is going to be in the books. Like we're going to be talking about this for like years. <laughs> it was badass though. Like every band killed it. What was the um, name
0: of that? I t- I totally I totally missed it. I should have I should have watched it. But what who was all all there? If you can remember, I have no idea.
2: Uh, it was us. I, I'm, I'm trying to say it like the set toms. It was us. Revolved. Uh, I think Flesh Hoarder played next. Oh shit! Combat. Um, who else? I know I am played. Uh, sugar ball was there. Two hundred stab wounds played. Frozen Soul, Creeping Death. Uh, Devourment played. So didn't played, uh,
1: didn't do Devourment, Devourment play? Didn't they?
2: They played last, but there was this kind of, like, so there was kind of this issue going on at the venue where uh, apparently, like, a like a like the AC went out or something, and uh, there's like, a miscommunication there towards the end after Frozen Soul played. Uh, I remember one of the staff people working at Hult, that uh, venue or whatever, they told us, like, hey, uh, this shit's shutting down. Y'all need to, like, go ahead and, like, get pack your y'all shit, and, like, everyone needs to leave. Where we were thinking, like, oh, fuck, like, okay we need to like get out of here before like the, i think like they, the fire marshal and shit was coming fuck yeah so then uh i was like i didn't i it sucks i didn't get to see environment which i was like man i was like most ready to get to see but uh we packed up all of our shit and left and like a lot of people stayed and got to see them so that was cool but um That's yeah a- there's just this weird communication thing with the people working the venue like the staff yeah, there
1: I, I, I didn't hear anything about, I mean, I don't know why I would have heard anything about this, but that's crazy. Like I, that's, I, I had no idea that that,
2: yeah, not, that that happened. And like, yeah, so just, you
1: said some people did stay, but like how many people left do you think?
2: Uh man, I really don't know. And yeah. uh, uh, I, I mean, I saw like, there's like, I saw some videos and shit and there's still like a full room and development played okay. with AC. So I guess they're just like the AC just kept going on and off and it got hot as fuck in there. So, I'm oh, sure a lot of people are just like during Frozen Soul set, like it was just steaming in there, man. And uh, a lot of people are probably just like ready to get out of that like heat and shit. And yeah. then hearing that it got shut down, they're like, okay, like makes sense because it's just hot as fuck. But then it really didn't shut down. So, I really couldn't tell you how many people left and stayed. But uh, oh man, the environment played. There's like a decent amount of people there. And uh, I just went back and watched their videos. I was like, fuck. All right, next time we're playing show or I get to go to some show I don't care if they're shutting down venue I'm gonna make sure that I get to see them (laughs) yeah man
1: devourments on my list there's like I I I neglected live music for a really long time and I had some I had some other stuff going on that kind of kept me from from going out that much before COVID but since the pandemic like seeing how badly live musicians especially miss this you know and Mm -hmm. and wanting to support them obviously financially but also just I, I think that I think that being in an audience, and I think that really giving energy to a live band is more than just something that happens and stays in there that night. I think that being in a band and performing and seeing that there are people there who are going ape shit over your music and really enjoying yourself, like that's something you take with you to where you start writing music again. You know, sure. um, and like I wanna, I wanna make sure that I'm, I'm part of that as often as I can be. Uh, once things open back up and it's where I find we find ourselves in kind of a weird situation right now because there's a whole bunch of tours that have been announced and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other shit in the works for a lot of bands but now it seems like with the Delta variant thing a lot of other places are starting to shut down I'm in DC our mask mandate mm. went back into effect this morning at 5am. um am I'm hoping that's not the case but one of the things that I have noticed is that it seems like it's pretty relaxed in Texas so. I wouldn't think that it
2: would impact you guys too much. Um, I feel like really the only thing that's really happened as far as in Dallas, uh, I don't think the mask is like official, but everyone's been wearing their mask. Like I went to a show last night uh, yeah. and everybody was just wearing their mask just like, cause like, what well, you didn't have to, but that's you know, everybody's, cool, just, you know, respecting each other. And, yeah, and uh, that's considerate. That's awesome. Yeah, to see. For sure. And uh, I think, Austin was like stage four, so I don't know if they're like, I don't know if they're about to shut down or anything. I really I honestly don't even really keep up with the news, so I kind of find out everything from like breaking news or like friends and shit. But I don't think Texas, uh, I don't think really anything's too bad's going on. Like, I haven't really heard of anywhere like shutting down, but I have uh, people's been wearing their mask and shit. And that's really about it. So, hopefully that doesn't happen, and,
1: and hopefully you guys get to play m- more shows. And I don't okay. know if you guys have anything, anything on the books or anything planned right now. We, we can talk about that here in a little bit. Um, but I want to kind of circle back to um, the first Tribal Gaze release, Godless Voyage. So you guys got together, you put it together over the over the uh, pandemic. You spent a lot of time writing together. When did um, Desert Wastelands come into the picture?
2: Um, so when we got everything pretty much like done, we recorded everything. Uh Quentin actually, he's the one that like mixed it and everything. So we were just kind of is it it's pretty much like we didn't have to send it off to anyone or anything like that. We we're just kind of doing it all ourselves. And uh we we're just trying to like find different labels. We kind of sh- like sent it to a couple other people, uh not too many. We sent it to Desert. He said he's like down to do it. So we went ahead and jumped on him just because he was like, I mean, Deserts, super like badass underground death metal scene. Oh, they're their on voice. label. We so. love them. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and, Shawn, and good of good dudes,
0: like the best yeah. dudes ever. Yeah, we yeah, need for to have sure. them back on. Why we say this all the time? They need to
2: <laughs> be on this podcast. They were a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just went. Uh, he said he was down to do it. We went ahead and just released it through them. I was like, I can't remember the exact date, like April or something. I can't. Mm-hmm. I'm bad with fucking memorizing dates and shit, but
1: it also, it it kind of feels like we've been in a time warp over the last, like, you know, year and a half anyway. Like myself, I like, I took my dog to the vet a couple of days ago and they were asking me all these questions about like her recent, she had surgery a while back and they were asking (sighs) about like shots and stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't mean to sound like I just don't give a fuck about my dog. Cause I do <laughs> but like, I have no idea when any of this shit happened and it's like only over the past year. It just feels like right. we have all been in the fucking time war. So For you sure. guys, you guys wrote it, you guys recorded it, you guys mixed and mastered it yourselves. You got it to Sean and Derek at desert wastelands. How'd you feel about it when you were done with it, man? Like, did it, uh, did it, did it meet your expectations? Is that, did you guys do what you set out to do with it?
2: Oh yeah. Like uh, I mean, I still listen to it every now and then just because, like, damn, like, we, like, made this shit. Like, it's uh, Ian and Quinn, they're always fucking coming up with riffs and shit. Like, I remember, I remember actually whenever I went over to them, they had completely different songs from what was on Godless Voyage. They've had, like, five, six different, like, we had, like, a different idea, and then we just started doing other shit, like, all right, let's do this instead. Yeah. And um, even after Godless came out, like, I would just get dropped Bought notifications saying uh went and posted this song and it'll just be like some fucking they're just all they're, those dude dudes are just always fucking writing shit. And uh they'll go ahead and just like program the drums on like Pro Tools and shit. Yeah. And then uh whatever, like we'll just send it to Caesar or Drummer. <laughs> and I don't know. It's just it's kind of crazy that those dudes are just we're getting after it, like working hard as fuck. And,
1: well, I mean, it's, it sounds like you guys are having fun. And so oh, yeah, I think that's sure. that's that's probably, you know, as, as silly as it sounds, grown men talking to each other. I think that's probably the most important part, right? For sure. Yeah, um, we want to... Nobody's going to get rich doing this shit, but you guys definitely sound like you're enjoying yourselves. And it sounds like they are, I assume, um, we've got some more Tribal Gaze material that's being sat on right now. You guys got any sort of plans for anything new in the future or what?
2: Yeah, we've been, uh, like... Pretty much as soon as we, like, put out Gallus, I mean, like I said, they're just – Ian and Quinn are just, like, always writing shit. So we'll just take, like, our favorite, like, parts and everything. And, uh like, they'll do, like, some surgery. Like, they'll just write the whole song. And then they'll, like, take parts from, like, different songs and then yeah. make a different song with that. And um, I'll go into the house all the time and just record vocals and shit. Yeah. So we got, like – we do uh, have some, like, new, like, planned out like a new release and we're just kind of uh just trying to get everything together like owl mart and exactly like song listing and hell we might, it wouldn't surprise me if we like changed the song completely just for fucking fun of it and uh i feel like that's like our biggest like most important thing is that we want to like write music that we'd actually listen to and we would yeah. want to like play live too
1: awesome one of the one of the things that we speaking of writing music. One of the things that we like to chat with, or I, I don't know about Zach, but I tend to prattle on about this whenever we get uh, vocalists or lyricists, or if it's the same person on the show, um, is lyrical content and lyrical inspiration. Um, I feel like a lot of what you're doing with are you, are you, Do you write the lyrics as well as?
2: Uh, we all kind of write them together, actually. Yeah. Like a lot of Gauley's boys written are. those already written by uh, Quentin and Ian. And then uh, my first time going over there, they're just like, hey, you want to, like, say these, like, words? And I was like, fuck it, these lyrics are they? day. They write some badass, like, everything they write is insane. And um, I'll just kind of come in with, like, I'll write lyrics, too, and send them to them. And we'll just, like, kind of incorporate, like, what sounds, like, best. Or we'll just sit all together and try to, like, come up with, uh, like, a lot of the times we'll just kind of, we'll kind of, We'll listen to the song and then not even say words. We'll just be like, uh, 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 like just working on phrasing yeah. kind of. Because that's yeah. like more important than, uh, I feel like lyrics are super important, but the vocal phrasing, it's got to like be like the patterns and shit. It just got to sound like catchy and good. Yeah. So we'll like just sit there and kind of like fucking burp and <laughs> just to like memorize a certain pattern. And then we'll write words to fit into that pattern awesome it's, and uh, that's cool
1: man. i think that's a cool way to go about to go about doing it but uh, one of the things that's interesting to me about this is that you guys are all sort of doing it as a unit and i don't know if we've ever talked to a band on here before explicitly anyway um about like a group lyric process so like i know that we don't have the other guys here but like what what do you guys look to for inspiration like you can just talk about yourself if you want to or, or any mm. of the stuff with you with the songs on godless voyage like where where are you guys looking to material from
2: uh man a lot of godless voyage a lot of the lyrics throughout that whole thing was just pretty much uh it was pretty much about just like not forcing religion like people that like kind of force their religion kind of on people like a certain like there's all kinds of different religions in the world and we're not bashing religion in general we're just like it's mainly about People kind of like Godless Voyage, those lyrics are actually about. Uh, this actually happened in like the, I don't know exactly the date, but there is like a group of like missionaries and they went to this island and uh, they're trying to like push like their religion. I think is I, I don't know if it's like Christianity or what, but they're just kind of getting the, they're trying to get it onto the tribes, like the indigenous people living there and shit. Yeah. And then those people ended up just getting slaughtered. so that's pretty much about what godless voyage is about like these people coming like to the end where these people are like living their own lives doing like their own sets of rules and shit and trying to like kind of change their like beliefs, and they don't like it so they just like kill them
1: (laughs) and i think yeah i i do remember that and i think there were there Mm -hmm. was like one guy whose body was like on the beach for days or weeks or something and the the authorities couldn't get there to claim it because they thought that they would get like a you know shot with an arrow or something as well Mm -hmm. so it's that's that's interesting man and it always it's always interesting to me as somebody who grew up in the south whenever religion gets into the ends up getting incorporated into metal lyrics one way or another because like you said Mm -hmm. you don't necessarily have to be anti-religion to have probably dealt with a lot of religious pressure in your life if you're from the south uh do you think that that figures into what you guys are doing at all and like i don't want to push anything on here i'm not trying to put words right no it's uh i'm always curious
2: yeah it's just kind of uh i mean we definitely you know like in the south we see other people like uh, a lot of people kind of like shame some people for their certain religious beliefs and shit and uh we like we don't again we're not like anti-religious bashing it or anything it's mainly just the people that do bash people for their like certain religious or non-religious beliefs and stuff and uh i mean i just we just feel like writing lyrics about it which is a lot of lyrics just sounded hard as fuck too (laughs) so yeah it's like about like uh, especially uh like if if you even like read the bible or something just the way they kind of like phrase certain things just the way you could like kind of talk about it just sounds super dope and uh It it is
1: it's interesting language and it's like one of the sure. things about the bible that's kind of easy to forget about is just how fucking brutal a lot of that shit is like there's a lot yeah. of fucking okay. hardcore shit going yeah. on in the bible man
0: bible. Mm-hmm. that was fuck kids <laughs> <laughs> people are gonna
1: people are gonna listen to this episode and be like fuck man i gotta go back and check the bible
0: and <laughs> check out what's going on in corinthians <laughs>
1: so um let's because this is like a uh a, a wellness and 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 uh and well-being podcast as well sure. you went and hit the gym uh oh, before hard. you got on with us what uh what was on the docket for today what was your uh what was the what was the routine for saturday
2: um usually you kind of have like a different routine every week honestly i kind of cut i kind of do uh Cause me and my girlfriend would go together and we kind of have like a like, like mainly her. She's got like a wild schedule, so I'll just try to go in with her. But uh, today I went, ran a uh, half a mile, and uh, I didn't have too much time to go, so I just did like some shoulder press and then did some pull ups and uh, just some like body squats. Hell yeah, and man. then the just full, full that's
0: shebang. Whole yeah, I tried
2: to shit. do, that's I try for- to do like full body. I try to do like legs every day because I'm like naturally skinny so I just got these fucking chicken legs and uh <laughs> I try to like work on those like as much as I can but um
0: doesn't skip leg day didn't skip the gym to come bullshit with us we like <laughs> <laughs>
2: you're
0: you're getting Man, dedication
2: here after this for sure. well, yeah could- I've been I've been working out for about um like 10 years I mean I'm not like huge so it doesn't really even look like it but it's a, you don't have to I be huge to be. Right.
1: To, yeah, you don't have to be huge, man. Especially exactly. like, why are, why are motherfuckers rigged, are some of the strongest motherfuckers? You can't, <laughs> because you can't see it coming, right? And one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I'm curious about, um, you said you were working in the oil field. Were you like a rig hand or what, what were you doing? Uh, yeah, I was
2: a rig hand for um, about three years and I got That's laid awesome. off from COVID. And then I was like, I'm never going back to that shit again because it just, all of it sucks. That, like that you can is, make money doing it, but- it's not even worth it so like that's what i was
1: that's what i was about to say man like that fucking job will get you in shape and fucking keep you in shape Mm. until
2: it breaks your fucking body like that's hard work that and it'll fucking just working with the oils and shit like a lot of people just die like from like cancer and like all kinds of diseases and shit so i knew like i knew like as soon as i started like i i'm not gonna make i don't want to like make this a career like i just want to do it like kind of try to rack up some money and get the fuck out so, uh, like, I'm like, I'm grateful that I, like, got to do it just to, like, make some money real quick. Yeah. And now I'm, like, out of there. So, I could, like, I'm trying to find a job, like, around Dallas and shit. Yeah. Uh, just because I moved here a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually about to move again pretty soon. So, I got to try to find, like, whatever I feel like is best for me. I'm just trying are you, to. Are you
1: staying in Dallas or are you going somewhere yep. else? Okay. Staying in cool. Dallas. Cool, I probably just get, like, a warehouse job somewhere. I'm that's good to,
2: that's good yeah that's
1: good work man um uh, i'm just trying to find money. somewhere that's
2: like pretty flexible mainly yeah. mainly thing i'm looking for is just like a flexible job just so we could like practice and play any kind of like shows yeah um and that's kind of hard as fuck to find because so as soon as like i'll like talk to someone on in an interview i'll tell them like all right i'm in a band so i kind of really need to be yeah. able to like do certain things and then nobody like oh, okay we'll we'll let you know soon yeah. if you're right i'll get an email the next day saying like you weren't uh you're not what we're looking for <laughs> so that I'm, like, sucks, dude, okay. I'm, I'm
1: sorry
0: to hear that
2: <laughs> no nah, you're good I'll, I'll figure something out but that's the
0: grind. i don't want to and that's what that's what you got to go through I, to pursue your art you know as a living for know. sure know. Keep it up. Bro. Do you
1: guys do you guys have any any tour plans or anything like that in the works that you can talk about? We don't want to we don't want you to talk about anything that you that you're waiting to surprise anybody mm-hmm. with or anything like that. But is there
2: anything you can talk about that's in the works as far as live shows go? Um, really any tours or anything? We're actually uh, trying to save up and sell a bunch of shit, or we'll probably get more shirts and shit, just so we could get like our own van because so we don't even have like a nice. van or anything. Uh, we got two shows in September one on the 18th at division brewery. And uh, that is with, I'm trying to remember all the bands off the top of my head. Uh, no combats playing. Caustic is playing nice. Uh, Gagging Order is playing. Uh, just a few other bands, but I, I'm like, I'm bad at like memorizing like shit. Okay. So I'd have to have them like fire in front of me. But uh, yeah, there's okay. a band, there's a show also in Austin the next week on the 25th. We're playing. I can't really remember who's all playing that show either.
1: There's uh, one of the things that I've noticed is that there is a, uh, there's like a goat whore mini tour that's happening in Texas mm-hmm. at some point. I don't
0: suppose I'm you guys. going are to the watch. Austin date. I forgot to tell you that. I'm gonna, You're going
2: to, you're yeah.
0: going to see Go- Goat Whore and Frozen Soul in Austin in like two weeks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, Yeah. that's badass.
0: My buddy lives there. Actually, I talked to Zach about it. He's like, getting, he's getting me and I'm going to meet up with the Zach, the drummer of Goat Whore. Who we have oh, yeah. so um, all right
1: mckenna help zach out here as a native texan one of the cool things about texas is that you guys have like all these fucking niche fast food restaurants and other restaurants oh yeah tell, tell me where to go have. you gotta hook zach up with some places to eat man tell us what's up
2: man so i'm more i'm more familiar with east texas like barbecue i fucking like love barbecue so if you are around east texas like Tyler or Kilgore, those two, like, those are, like, my favorite barbecue places, uh, Stanley's in Tyler, uh, Country Tavern in Kilgore. Yeah, I'm still trying to find the uh, Dallas barbecue joints. Nothing's really, like, blown my mind yet. Yeah. I, don't, I just don't, I don't I just don't think it's that East Texas, like, small town, you know, yeah. like, out in the middle That's of the country the real, shit. Yeah, the real shit. Yeah. That's I, mean, I mean, I got not knocking Dallas barbecue. I still – I just got to find, like, my – like joint here you know what i mean but uh
1: Finger. dallas uh, is dallas is huge it's gonna take you a while to sift through all for the sure. places yeah there's, to find there's where you so many go.
2: places so uh, so what uh
1: what's what's your ideal barbecue sauce man like what's texas barbecue sauce is it dark and sweet do you like it hot like what's what's the ideal barbecue sauce for you
2: i'll personally i like it like a little not too sweet a <laughs> little like a little spice in there dark
1: yeah
2: that's like that's all i could it's, like ask for man. See,
1: and that's the kind of barbecue sauce that I grew up with in Arkansas, right? That's smoky. Then, it's got
2: to have that smoky flavor, too, you know? Yes, and, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, light.
1: absolutely. And it's got to be thick, right? And yeah, then for sure. I married a girl from North Carolina, and I moved to South Carolina, and I got up to the Carolinas and realized that these people are doing all kinds of perverted shit with fucking barbecue sauce. There's, they got mustard sauce, and there's vinegar Ooh. sauce. She can probably hear me right now, and is going to come <laughs> my ass in a minute, so I shouldn't talk too loud. But, like... It's always I don't know what it is. My fascination with with like regional barbecue sauces, but mm. I feel like it's been a while since I talked to somebody who's from close to where I grew up, and so it's good to hear that dark and sweet and thick barbecue sauce is still on the menu. Just a
2: second, I got a my girlfriend. I locked her out. I'll be right back. All right, <laughs> you gotta let her
0: back in. You fully supported. So what? dude that's fucking sick yeah. you're going to austin yeah well my i've i have a really good friend that lives out there so i try to go visit him as much as i can so i just kind of set that up around that so i can selfishly go see fucking go for
1: yeah that's gonna yeah. be tight dude what do you know where the show is
0: i forget to be honest I could look it up, but yeah, I, I know it's sold out. That's the only date of their tour that's sold out, so I feel like it's going to be fucking nuts. And really
1: you probably man, and I know that, you know, Texas puts – you get wild shows in Texas anyway, but I feel yeah, like yeah. if it's a sold-out show fucking in the wake of COVID, you're definitely going to have some motherfuckers there going crazy.
0: I'm ready. I'm going to be one of them, I think. I feel like I don't trust myself. Well, I'm going to stay sober. Yeah, McKenna, are you a, are you a Whataburger fan?
2: Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, I've, I think we went there last night. <laughs> yeah, of yeah, the way. Zach, have you had Whataburger before? Yes, I have, dude. Do oh. they
0: have that in Pennsylvania? No, actually, I did have you it. No, no, I had it in Texas.
1: Yeah, that's you got to get some when you're in Texas. Yeah, I'm yeah. A big I mean, of you
2: have to. That's like this staple. Yeah, <laughs> that I, is, that's I like the
0: essential, it, boys, you know. I, do, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I have to say, you guys down there in Texas know to make a good burger. I'm in. Better. we don't have any great burger joints in pittsburgh it's uh
1: it's it's a grand tradition i don't know i have well i haven't been to texas since i uh since i cut the meat so that's going to be difficult for me the next time i'm there i might i might end up having to dip back into my old carnivore ways are you uh are you vegan
2: or vegetarian
1: Man, I went vegetarian at the first of the year and I did that for about six months and I went vegan about a month ago. So I'm, I'm all vegetable at this point. It is
2: my my girlfriend's vegan. So I like, I like, I know uh, like about, you know, some people like they kind of don't know what vegan means or like vegetarian. They don't really know the difference, but my girlfriend's vegan. So I know also all the Dallas like vegan or not all of them, but pretty like there's a good amount of like vegan food in Dallas too. That's really fucking like,
0: yeah. I also tried to eat vegan for the past couple months, but I will, when in Texas, eat barbecue. You know, like I will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Religious about it. You know, you will
1: break. You will break vegan edge. That's and that's my thing. Like you said, you said you're not religious about it. Like I'm, I'm do. I started. I went vegetarian just for the health stuff, anyway. Yeah. Uh, my like my as older, McKenna, all kinds of bullshit starts to happen to you, and I hope that this doesn't happen to you too. But you know, nobody gets to cheat the clock uh i started getting like higher triglycerides right Mm -hmm. so i'm like all right fuck i gotta i gotta do something about this so i went vegetarian got a big you know that helped a lot and then i decided like after i found after i went vegetarian i was like looking at all the vegan sections in grocery stores and i was like look at all this fucking dope shit that they've got over here like oh yeah sausages and burgers and all this other stuff so why not do it um and that was one of the things that i that, that i sort of realized about this my, my own vegan godless voyage is that there's all <laughs> kinds of there's all kinds of fucking cool shit that you can eat that makes you feel like you're not even missing meat but my sure. thing is if i'm in a situation where i can't eat at all without like eating meat or without eating animal products or whatever you better believe i'm gonna fucking eat that shit because like Good. i'm not starving myself you know Good. what i mean
2: that's a approach. there's like it's crazy though all the vegan food they're making nowadays though like uh there's a place called spiral in dallas uh it's like there's like a few different locations and uh they're they i mean they will make burgers they'll make fucking yeah. like breakfast quesadillas and it just tastes so like it's like great and i think uh My girlfriend has like vegan, like chick fil like not Chick-fil-A, but like little chicken patties Mm -hmm. that you just throw in the oven and that shit will taste like a Chick-fil-A sandwich. It's it's like vegan. Crazy. It is surprising.
1: It is surprising like how, how little you miss doing it. And then just, I just moved to D.C. Like I've I've been back and forth between South Carolina and D.C. for the last year. And I was full time up here starting uh, about a month ago. And there's, like, a vegan – there's, like, vegan bakeries and diners, like, within a quarter mile of me in all these different directions. So, like, I've been uh, <laughs> savoring the flavor and, and trying all the interesting shit since
0: I've been here. Places are rare
2: to find, like – I don't I know. You got you to, gotta like
0: – So play devil's advocate on your excitement <laughs> for fake vegan food. Uh, My thought process is kind of just because it's vegan doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. And I feel like, oh, Oh, fuck no. A lot of people Mm. misinterpret that. Like, oh, there's so much good vegan food. Like, I can get a burger that tastes just like a fucking burger and that's made with not meat, but like, that doesn't mean (laughs) it's healthy
1: right you can get the burgers that have like mung bean and black beans and stuff like in Mm. that that they are relatively healthy right and especially if you're paying attention like watching your macros and shit like that you can fit those things in in a way that you get nutrients out of them and they're they're not they're not overtly bad for you however you can live off of fucking french fries and oreos and be vegan it's like both those things are
2: fucking vegan. i mean like
1: (laughs) it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean healthy but i I you know I eat a bunch of salads, I eat a bunch of fresh fruit, I eat a bunch of fresh vegetables. And so I try and balance that out on the weekends where I go, but I eat a bunch of fake shit.
2: Yeah. One
1: of the one of the things to 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 steer back as we as we end as we end the hour, we have a, a big question that we ask everybody at the end of the show, and we're gonna get to that here in a minute. But I did wanna sort of go back and talk a little bit about your death metal influences personally. We talked a little bit about how you found this music and 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 sort of the the sense of community that you had around it but like Mm -hmm. what are some of the big names in death metal for you man what are the what are the bands that at this point in your life you're really excited about um bands that you've been into for a long time or new bands that you're excited about tell us a little bit about where you are musically right now and just what you're consuming
2: i gotta say my favorite death metal band is campbell corpse i mean they're just they're just that's the band do it man you're yes Yes. uh, (laughs) I remember uh, I listened to them on and off, Uh, like when I got into heavy music, I just like I just kind of dove right in and got like I was just downloading any like anything I thought was just evil sounding. Yeah. So I had all kinds of different like music and Camel, of course, is one of the bands I knew about when I was like early into it and I listened to them on and off. And then I remember in like 2014, they put out the Skeletal Domain and that was yeah that shit. I like all right. This is oh, like that's why I started like keep it up. Like all right, this shit is fucking sick. And that uh, is
0: such a heavy fucking dark oh, yeah. record, uh, man. Uh, mm-hmm. That shit's badass. That and Evisceration Plague are my two favorites. Yeah, Evisceration
1: mm-hmm. Plague is good too. We had we had Rob Barrett on the show a while back, which was you know that was one of the, the situations where I was just kind of like, uh, Mr. Barrett, can you tell us about your, li-? you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> how do you talk to that motherfucker? But he was super right. cool. One of the, one of the cool things about Rob Barrett being back in the band is just like the the resurgence of his super catchy ass songs and he had he had a couple really fucking good ones on the new record but his songs on a skeletal domain were absolutely unfuckwithable man so like Mm -hmm. i i love i love hearing that that's a big record for you and i love that you mentioned it because it does seem you know when you have a when you have a discography as big as cannibal corpses and it's as fucking awesome as cannibal corpses all Mm -hmm. the way through it's it's easy for certain CDs, certain albums to kind of slip through the cracks. And I for feel sure. like Skeletal Domain is, is definitely that's one like heavy
2: as hell, especially uh, also another album of theirs that I feel like doesn't get a whole lot of attention. That is probably my like favorite out of all of them, probably Gallery of Suicide. I feel like I don't see enough yeah. people talk about that. That that is just badass. I love it. <laughs> Dude,
1: Gallery's one of the ones that I've, like, there was a time where I thought, I feel like it's their least accessible record. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's, like, really technical, and I feel like they were sort of in in an in-between phase there with Pat just coming into the band and them sort of hitting their stride with that. Uh, But, like, that's one of the records that I've gone back to over the years, you know, having been listening to Cannibal Corpse for fucking 20 years, more than 20 Mm -hmm. points like. Go back and listen to that one and like there's so much going on that i still find new shit when i listen to it you know right um and come to think of it man you can actually see some of that in in what tribal gaze is doing you guys aren't doing super technical shit but one of the things that i noticed when i was like getting ready to to do the podcast and going back and listening to godless voyage again is there is a lot of cannibal corpse influences there in the guitars there's a whole lot of like that fucking mm. seething like multiple layers of things going on that i think is fucking it, it's super dope and it's one of my favorite things about that band and so to hear that you're influenced by him is actually is a pretty gratifying thing to know so yeah that's cannibal corpse. incredible band
2: to see live too like that shit oh, i yeah. remember uh i remember i was working whenever that power trip cannibal corpse and like gate creeper tour was going on so, me and my buddy, like, we made a separate trip to Colorado just to go, like, fucking see them. So, this, that was my first time seeing Cannibal Corpse. And, like, that band, like, can't be fucked with. Like, they're just, yeah. have
1: yeah. been doing that shit for mm. so long. And you watch know, them it's and you're just like, god damn, these dudes are still, like, they're still fucking kicking it out. They're still mm. doing it. So, yes, Cannibal Corpse. Absolutely, man. Another another legacy band as we approach the end of the hour and mckenna i'm not sure where you stand on this we uh we have a big big question okay. that we ask all of our guests on this show zach can you hit this gentleman with him? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is your favorite black sabbath album McKenna?
2: damn yeah 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 yeah
1: it's the same reaction every time oh, that's it's like uh like, that's like people are like questions. You're asking me to kill one of my children or something. And that's, <laughs> that's what we're doing, man. Favorite Black Sabbath record. What's up? Spoiler alert. Uh, Masters. Master no. of reality? Yep. As at my yeah. boy. That's like, the, like that's that that is that is my so my favorites kind of oscillate, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. the, the first time we had this conversation on this show, that was my answer. Um, it's definitely my favorite of the Aussie records. And I definitely think as far as their legacy goes, it's the one that's had the most widespread impact, right? Like, you can't listen to a metal record and find some element of – and not find some element of Master of Reality.
2: Right. And that's – It's either that one or – what is it fucking called? I'm I'm bad with, like, album names of volume four, like, with the – yeah, that that volume I, will, I fucking love that one too. So.
1: Volume four rules. Volume four because it's oh, heavy yeah. as shit, but it's also got like these these super happy songs that kind of come out of nowhere. For sure, those
2: like, two are right? like like I like go yeah. back and forth between them. So like if you would ask me that like a week ago, I probably would have said like volume four and then fucking next week it might be like something else i don't know
1: <laughs> that's, that's but, what's yeah. cool about them though is that they sort of go you know there will be something that you're really really into with them for a while and then mm-hmm. you'll you'll something else will jump up and bite you and you'll check it out right. you'll be like god damn i could listen to this mm-hmm. forever and you do it's awesome well dude we uh we are fucking super glad to have gotten a chance to talk to you both of us are really stoked on tribal gays we hope to see you guys hope to see more from you live Hope to see more from you as far as new shit coming out. Um, and again, it's always really cool to meet somebody who's making this music and who's also really passionate, enthusiastic about it. So best of luck to you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you.
2: Appreciate you guys uh, having me on here. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A lot of fun. We hope,
1: we hope to talk to you soon. And you and any of the boys are welcome back anytime, man. Have a good one.
2: Hell yeah, you do. Peace out. Later, man.
0: What a good dude yeah man he was cool as fuck very very good dude um cool excited passionate homeboy. we need that
1: he's yeah he's a he's a good old boy you know what i mean like and i mean that in a good way because there's definitely a bad way to mean that but like he yeah. reminds me of a lot of friends of mine that i grew up with who just seem like easygoing dudes uh the accent definitely brings me back home but yeah um it's always you know and i just said this to him but i'll say it again like it's always really cool to meet people who are super excited about the shit they're doing and you see that so often in young guys and that's that's one of the fun things about having them on the show
0: yeah man he's a good old southern charmer i love right. I, i'm excited to go to texas I, we should have said on the show r.i.p dusty hill moment of silence for texas first. Oh, yeah, uh, you know what i'm saying but very sad yeah, very sad uh, i'm looking at my bumper sticker it says if you don't like ZZ Top, fuck you. And then- that rules. Yeah, he uh,
1: he led a long and fulfilling life.
0: He did, man. That's all we can say. God bless. God bless heavy metal. God bless. it. God bless, bless heavy
1: metal. metal. Listen yes. to ZZ Top. <laughs> Listen to Tribal Gaze. Eat what
0: a burger. Do all of these things and live your life. Enjoy yourself. Yes. Yeah, we should start leaving them with a really fucking positive message at the end of everyone. That is, you know, that, that, and that's that's what we're gonna do. Today. Like, uh, this is
1: your affirmation for the week. Until you hear from us again, podcast listeners of Lifts and Riffs, listen to ZZ Top, get laid, drink plenty
0: of water, uh, try and read a book, and love yourself. Be vegan, maybe, but not all the time. Do what you do what yes. the fuck you want. Eat barbecue if it comes up. Don't don't be lame. Love your life.
1: The world is a sewer. Um, we are, uh, you know, boiling alive. You might as well enjoy yourself with the time that you have here. Love yourself because we love you. I love you,
0: dude. Mike Draw. I love you too, babe. I'll see you. out, you. my man. Stay little. We will talk soon. My guy. Follow back.